Hi, this is Tina Spangler with TLC Barrels and welcome to my podcast. This podcast is made for my virtual coaching group on Facebook and this is Q&A number 82 where I'll answer questions from the week that came up um, and today is March 8th, 2022. I'd like to first welcome some new members uh, all from Florida, Cassie, Hala, and her two daughters, Jessica, Kayla, and her daughter Rayla, and Brandy. Oh, and also Lauren. So a few of them came to my clinic, and then a couple of them are just um, in, in the state of Florida that joined. So welcome to everybody. I did have a clinic in Lady Lake this past weekend. It was a really fun time. We worked really hard, but saw some wonderful improvements from the morning to the afternoon. And it's the first clinic I've had in a long time where I had uh, more youth riders than adult women. But it was great because I got to see people that I haven't seen in 10 years, 20 years. Um, I got to coach uh, sisters of, of sisters that I coached when they were younger. I got to coach uh, uh, students of, of my old students who are now in their mid-20s and giving lessons. And so it was really a fun, fun thing. Um, it just brought me back quite a bit to everything that I have done here in Florida in the last 21 years. So it was really nice to see a lot of old, old friends and, and faces and, and see how well, um, a lot of them are doing. So, so anyways, I'm going to do a quick, um, housekeeping. So for all the new members and also some of the members that are not aware, there's 108 people now. And, um, so I just want to let you know in the group, if you go to the top in the search box, you can type in anything like mindset or alley issues or first barrel, whatever. And everything I've talked about in the last two years or year and a half will be in there. I guess it's somewhere between a year and a half. It started August of 2020. So it will pop up and you can go through it. Um, You can also go to the members only page of my website and use the password, username and password you got when you signed up. And there'll be 150 coaching videos there as long as well as a year of Q&A, also a year and a half of Q&A, and also one year of skills and mindset challenges that you can partake in as well. And the everything's organized by topic. So if you want to look for drills or how to pattern your horse or how to adjust your stirrups or reins or any of that, there's usually a video for everything. And it's all organized in there um, by by topic. So that works out good for everybody. Um, and remember to listen to the podcast and to totally understand my program. When you signed up, you got an email with my training notebook. I highly recommend reading that. There's also A to Z training tips. That's a fun thing for quick tips, alphabetical, um, alphabetically lies, however you say that properly. Anyways, and then I also sent you my 12-week foundation program and my first year 12-month competition program. So I would definitely take advantage of the entire program. It works better than just bits and pieces. And I know some of you are busy and you may only just send me videos and have me review them and that's okay too. But to truly understand my program, I feel like you have to do the, you know, understand it from the groundwork all the way up to shaving those last valuable tents off. And my notebook, my training notebook, will break it all down by chapters for you. So you can go in order of 
um, you know, picking the right horse for you on down, you know, to the pre-purchase exam on down to competing and shaving off the last half second. So anyhow, I hope you take advantage of all of it and, um, and really enjoy my program. So, um, let's see here. We did have a personal best drawing and the winner was Jean, Jeannie, Jean Ann. So, um, let's see, we had 18 personal bests for February. So congratulations to each and every one of you. And Jeannie uh, took an essential oil. I do uh, sell doTERRA essential oils. So she took Terra Shield. It's a pest repellent. So that's going to come in handy with spring in the air. Everything's in bloom. So um, I did some videos um, in the group about having soft hands on give and take. Um, this week I'm going to put in the um, some tips for you for the four barrel drill, the alleyway, um, being calm in the alleyway. Uh, there'll be quite a few things in there about rain uh, length, stirrup length. So pay attention this week for videos I'll be posting in the group. And this week's topic is going to be about mindset, positive mindset. Uh, worry only about what you can control, not what you can't. And don't even worry about it. Just be positive and focused on what you can control, not what you cannot control. A lot of people I've been talking to have been telling me that, you know, they're having negative thoughts. It's affecting their alleyway. And, you know, the positive mindset is one of the most important things you can do for yourself. And um, you shouldn't be worried about the outcome or who's there or the results or being embarrassed, you know, your thing is, is you're doing this for you. And if you listen to one of the very first podcasts I ever did was on um, mental game, mental toughness. And I list, I think, 12, 10 or 12 things that you should be aware of to have a, a have mental toughness. So I would highly recommend you do that. And I'll probably post that in Friday's podcast um, for mental motivation as well. But you can look it up anytime you want. So um, so it is important that you don't um, worry about the stuff that you have no control over. Instead, you know, be thankful that you're there. Uh, trust the training and connection you have with your horse. And then just focus on... Um, doing your thing, like riding to your spots and, you know, soft hands or using your legs or, you know, just think of one or two important things right before you make your run. Take those deep breaths and just enjoy it. And I promise you, if you are tense, if you're tense in your hands, your body, your horse is going to sense it. So I'm going to get more into that, into the topic here soon. But, um, I've got more I want to discuss on that, but before I do, I want to say a few shout outs. We had one, two, three, four, five personal bests this weekend alone, so congratulations. I already did 10 videos on Sunday for my clinic. I did um, about 14 videos on uh, Sunday night and Monday for the group, and I still have a few to go, but um, I'm already aware that uh, several people have personal bests. Uh, Jeannie and Guy D met a goal at an arena that used to rattle her for alley issues. She went in there and had a great alley approach and had a beautiful pattern, clean. Um, Katrina and Sinatra went with a lighter bit and had softer hands and a smoother run. Um, Vanessa and Hunter uh, won some 2D money. We're like in the top five or six of out of a, over a hundred and some riders. So that was awesome. Allie and Bruce were um, 
ninth out of 61 at the uh, Reddick Arena in Ocala, or Reddick, Florida. And then they were 11th out of 150, winning over five, almost $500 um, this last week. And uh, winning in the 2D Open at the one with 150 entries and 1D uh, Youth. So, so that's awesome. Let's see. There was a couple more, I think. Um, Alicia and Kalua had a personal best um, at the clinic. They did awesome. So a lot of you did really great. So I just want to give a quick shout out and I'm sure there's more that I haven't even heard from. So I still get videos usually from the weekend up until like Wednesday. So, but a question came in from one of the run of the members about flying lead changes. What's the best way to teach it? Well, it depends on how you want to do it. If you're doing it for barrel racing, it doesn't have to be as technical as it has to be for like a reining horse. If you want to do it like a reining horse, then you're going to have to spend a whole lot more time and repetition. And um, what they'll normally do is they always get their lead change at the exact same spot in the arena. You know, as they're working on loping those collected slow circles, um, they give them the same cue every time. In the beginning, it's a little bit more dramatic with rein and scissor legs and hip. And then over time, it becomes more simple with just a very invisible cue for the lead change in the center. And it's always in the same place. Um, so the horse kind of starts to know from the repetition and the cue that it's coming, whether they're doing a fast big circle or a, a slow big circle. Um, but it's always in the same place that they're asking for those changes in the beginning. Now for barrel racing, I like to do it with the figure eights. So um, figure eights, some people will take their horse if they want to do it and they'll go straight at a fence and turn left and let the horse find the lead change on their own. I feel like that's sloppy. I don't feel like it's off of a cue as much as a forced lead change. So I don't prefer that way. But I do like setting a horse up for lead departures. And I prefer simple transitions because I think it's less scary for them. And um, some horses are just naturally more gifted. When Belle was three years old, she could do flying lead changes in a straight line. She was just smart and and quick. She just learned things fast. And, you know, other horses don't ever do that because they're just not, that's just not their way. You know, they're lazy. They're not as fancy with their footwork. Um, you can get them a little bit, but some horses are just going to be more aware and sensitive to your aids. Um, but figure eights with a snap is a wonderful way to do that. First, you would start with uh, just transitions of walking extended and collected and, and post-trotting and sit-jogging your figure eights. And then you would start with a loping, a big figure eight with a simple transition of a trot in the middle. And then you would, after you do a couple of those, you would just then use the barrel with your uh go rate turn cues and the horse will automatically start changing their leads and doing the fly and lead change. And of course you'll cue them for it as well. Um, but that's how I personally, um, start teaching it. And as far as how to ask for a lead, it should always be consistent in the same. Um, for my left lead, I'm going to use my left hand to get their nose and I'm going to use my left leg by their front cinch and my right leg by their back cinch. When I'm leaving a barrel, I just step into my right stirrup. And then when I get back to two hands, they, they'll automatically swap when they feel my weight go in the right stirrup. And I put my left leg on them and go back to my left hand. So they automatically swap. Um, it just becomes part of the routine. And that's with a right barrel first, of course, and then be the opposite if you have a left barrel first. So 
The next question, I hope that answers that good for you. Um, I can make a video on it, but if you watch the figure eight with a snap video, that should answer that question for you pretty well as, as well. The next question was about having a uh, push horse and, um, oh, I'm sorry, the horse is pushing on me. Um, what do I do about it when I realize when I'm riding him, he's really pushing on me. So what I would recommend is a couple of things. Um, I would do some one-handed riding and I would also do some loose rein riding. And you're like, wait a minute, I just said my horse is pushing on my hands and pushing through my hands. But the thing is, is they have to learn, you know, first make sure at a standstill, a walk and a trot that they understand what breaking in the pole is and, um, vertical face flexion that's going to be really important okay they have to understand to give to pressure with their face but some horses will break in the pole but not slow their feet down so what you also need to apply your seat with your hand bumping so by riding one-handed anytime the horse speeds up you bring your hand pick it up an inch or two back towards your saddle horn and sit deep as you bump that one hand and then put that hand back forward till you have an inch or two of slack in your rein and if they're not responsible for their balance and staying in the speed that you put them in, you pick your hand back up again. But it has to be done with your hand and seat together, and it has to be done with give and take pressure. Apply pressure till they respond, then release pressure. But if you do two hands, they're just going to get hotter. They're just going to push on you more. If you don't release, they're going to just push on you more. I've seen people ride around pulling back on the reins, talking to their friends, unaware that they're already in their horse's face. I've seen people run through the pattern, pulling on their horse's face and not even realize they're doing it, um, leaving a barrel, things like that. So you have to be very aware of your hands and if you're riding with soft hands or not. Some people think they are and they're not, or they have too much bit on as well. So those are all things to consider. But don't think that a bigger bit's going to back a pushy horse off. Give and take pressure and teaching them to work off of your seat is what's going to teach them to back off. Um, you cannot, a hundred pound woman, get a thousand pound horse to not be pushy by trying to out, out muscle them. So you have to do it with communication of all apply pressure. When you give the right answer, I'm going to release. And eventually that horse will learn to back off. And um, you can mix it up with some face flexing, nose in, nose out, and head down. But on the head down, again, you're looking for four things to happen, not just breaking the pole, but shorten their stride, shift their weight to their hindquarters, and lift their top line. That's true collection, not just tuck their head to their chest and run off with you. So, okay. So the next question is about... Um, anticipation one of my favorites so um, they're dropping their shoulders going into the turns they're anticipating um, sometimes this can be caused by riders that are crossing their withers or pulling on the outside rein um, any kind of pressure that's constant it can also be caused by a rider looking down their neck putting weight in the inside stirrup any of those things can cause that as well I highly recommend all lefts all rights um, for that issue are even just perfect circles where you get the nose to the inside with a light guiding hand, your weights in your outside stirrup, and you can use inside hand and leg to shape and pick up the shoulder, put the ribs to the outside. That's going to keep the hip and the, um, hind pivot foot in and under. So that's what I would recommend. Um, but I like all lefts, all rights. You can do it with two barrels and inline barrels. You can do it with three barrels set up like the barrel pattern, but start going from your second barrel 
um, to the third barrel to the first barrel in that order. And, and, you know, if you go to the right barrel first, start with all lefts first or, you know, or all right starting going second, third, and then first. Kind of mix it up opposite of what you would do on the true pattern. You can also do it with four barrels in a square. And again, um, you can do two hand between and one hand around or one hand completely the whole thing. Um, so just kind of mix it up, but you're looking for the horse to work off your seat and legs in extremely soft and light give and take hand cues. Um, the next question was about a horse that is a problem in the alleyway, but it, they feel like it's from the rider's nerves. So again, this comes down to mental game. If you are already... Um, thinking negatively, my horse is going to act up in the alleyway, my horse is, you know, going to embarrass me, you know, all those things, you already have tension in your body, in your mind, in your, in your hands, all of that. So you have to have a more positive mindset and say, you know what, we're going to have fun, I'm going to be relaxed, my horse is going to do great. And you have to relax your entire body from your shoulders, your hands, your seat, your legs. You have to take those deep breaths and pet your horse and, and walk in and out of the alleyway like you're going on a trail ride and walk, walk in the alleyway when it's time to run, just like that. And sometimes you have to think outside the box. Should I exhibition? Should I not? Should I stay away from the competition and just come up when it's my time to run and stay relaxed? Should I gate just one time? before the barrel race or not at all. You really have to know your horse and try different things and journal about it. That's so important, you guys. Um, the next question is about hands to balance on the horse's head. They said they're feeling that they're um, in their horse's face too much. And yeah, that's a bad thing. You gotta get off those horses' heads, whether it's between the barrels or in the turns. Get off their head. That's why I talk about 80% body. Um, riding with your eyes, your shoulders, your hips, your seat. Um, you know, where you look is where you go. So look between those ears. Um, don't look down the neck. Look at your spot that you want to ride to. When you're going across the pin, look at your, you know, your pocket next to the barrel or in the hole. Um, when you're going around the barrel, quarter turn ahead. If you look around too soon, you're going to pull on their head. Um, if you lean to the inside, you're going to, you know, pull on them. If, you know, if you get behind them, you're going to be in their face. If you're trying to pick them up and do too much with your hands between the barrels, you're going to be in their face. So all of those things, um, are reasons why we practice slow so that we will trust our horses more and you can walk the pattern and just be a, and trot the pattern and just be aware that are my hands quiet am I riding to my spots with just my eyes and my body maybe my legs and my voice you know talk to your horse you know try to use your voice and your your seat as your brakes whoa easy and then use your reins as your emergency brake to back it up but so many people use their reins first or at the same time that they say whoa and sit down in the saddle. And they shouldn't be at the same time. One is your regular brakes, the other is your emergency brakes. So try to just use seat and voice before your reins. Um, the reins are just to back up if they ignored your seat. But again, all this stuff has to be taught in your foundation away from the pattern. If your brakes are broken in your just your dry work and your drills, they're certainly going to be broken on the pattern as well. So pay attention to that. Um, another question was about having, um, 
what kind of emergency kit and stuff should I keep in my barn and my trailer? Absolutely great question. If you go to chapter eight of my training notebook, I talk about all of that. I talk about having banamine, butte, vet wrap, gauze, thermometer, you know, just have your normal um, Coggins health certificates, your vet numbers, medical releases, you know, vet farrier phone numbers, friends' phone numbers, anything like that in the barn, their food schedule, you know, what kind of hay and feed they get, what time, have that in your trailer, have that in your barn in case something happens to you, God forbid you get sick or hurt and someone's got a cover for you, they at least know who gets what and all of that and you're prepared. Uh, I like to have decks in the spring in case a horse is rolling stingy nettle or ants or anything in the spring when everything's blooming and the ants are moving around. And if you don't like to use decks, you can use apis. Um, that's a homeopathic remedy. Um, I like to keep arnica. Again, another homeopathic. I like to have butte or uh, prednisone. Excuse me, not prednisone. Um, uh, Prevacox. You know, you know, have things for inflammation. Banamine for colic or or inflammation. So uh, those are three things that I think every first aid kit should have. Butte, banamine, and dex, or the equivalent in a homeopathic remedy, so that if you have an emergency and the vet can't get to you for two or three hours, you can at least call your vet and they can say, Okay, what do you have? Okay, do this till I get there. So you should have an emergency kit. That's a great idea and have those numbers available. And that's why a lot of people will have a vet that they at least do their Coggins through. Um, so that when they do have an emergency, they can get a vet to their farm because they know them. Otherwise, you're going to be hauling into a hospital and possibly paying emergency fees and all of that. Um, the next question was about rain length. Um, I did make a video on that. And honestly, um, what I recommend from a standstill is you pull back and they should never go behind your horn. Um with your chin strap engaged or the bit engaged if they do then they're definitely too long but then every horse is different some horses it might be right at the walk or the standstill but as soon as they trot or lope the collection changes and then the reins are way too long so what i recommend is loping a circle and then if the reins can be used one-handed and only have to move it an inch to shape your horse or to slow your horse um or speed your horse up, then you know your rein length is good. If not, shorten them up. Uh, out of um, <clears throat> 10 horses this weekend at my clinic, I must have shortened eight pair of reins. <laughs> so it's a common thing. I did shorten some stirrups too. Riders that are balancing on their horse's face or can't reach their stirrups or not sitting good in the saddle, your stirrups may be too long. So you might want to shorten them. I like about four fingers from my crotch to my saddle or when I take my feet out of my stirrups, I like my feet to hang one to two inches beyond my stirrup. So I have to pick them up to put them in the stirrup, not be even with my feet. Um, so again, all of that stuff is important to how you can sit in your turns and pull up and go with your horse leaving your turns. So that's important as well. Um, let me see if I have any other questions before I go into my topic. Let's see here. Oh, I wanted to mention for the March um, personal best drawing, I already have seven names. That's awesome. Okay. Another question was um, tune-up drills. Uh, how often should I do them? And for how long? That's a wonderful question. And um, if you're fixing an issue, I would do the drills that I recommend two or three times a week for 30 minutes max. If it's just a regular tune-up, you know, just in between shows, competition, um, 
I would do it once a week for about 30 minutes and then I'd have a day where I just do pasture riding, long trotting, you know, or trail ride. And out there you can still do face flexing and leg laterals just to make sure your horse is listening, loose rein, whoa, things like that. But um, at least once a week, i walk the pattern and show them where I want them, maybe trot do a straighter longer and, you know, stop at my rate spot, trot to the barrel, stop, walk around it, something like that. Um, and that's it, you know, and then just if they're good, but if you're fixing an issue, definitely two or three times a week with 30 minutes would be good. And you should see results within a couple weeks, maybe even in a week. Um, so the next question was in competition. Um, oh, Okay, okay, okay. I know, actually, I'll answer that in the topic. So that's what I'll do. All right, so the topic is not worrying about what you can, can't control, but instead focus on what you can. So um, with that said, the first thing I want to talk about is we all know that life can change in a minute, you know, in a day, and it changes without our permission. Um and so I really do feel like you should live happy every day and, and enjoy your barrel racing and, and um, have goals that you're chasing and not worry about things, again, that you can't control. And that should be applied to life and to barrel racing. The second thing I think is important is what I mentioned the topic is, focusing on what you can control. So here's three things you can control. Number one, for you, your attitude have a positive attitude and have fun instead of saying I can't or I won't or anything like that. Say I can, I will. Okay, so this happened. I learned from it. Let's move on and I, you know, and this is how I'm going to handle that. So keep that at positive attitude and and embrace that change and uh, the learning. Um, the the next thing is um, number two be kind. And, and, you know, I, as a coach, sometimes I get frustrated for me because I feel like all I do is critique people. So I, I want to point out the positives in every video too. I want to say, look, look what you did good here. And then here's what I think you could do to do better. But it, you know, you want to be kind to people because everybody's dealing with a lot, you know, um, kids have school and pressure with that and friends and, uh, mothers have kids and husbands and jobs. And, you know, there's just so much going on and, you know, you have your finances and your animals and, you know, there's just a lot. You have family, you have health and you have so many things like that to consider. And um, so being kind, I do think it's important to pray. I think it's really important um, in that positive attitude of number one and the kindness um, to all in number two. I think it's important to take 10 minutes every day, whether it's in the beginning of your day, the middle, the end wherever you need it and meditate or pray, whatever, whatever it is that you do. Um, and, and just take that quiet time, whether it's to give thanks or ask for guidance, um, and just to get right with yourself. And, you know, and, and I think that's really important. Um, number three, I think it is fun to set goals because that gives you something to work at. You know, it, it, you know, it's fun to learn and it's fun to set daily goals for yourself. So those are three things for you, for you. Okay. And, and this, you know, same thing when you get to the barrel race, you focus on what you can do. You trust the training that you and your horse prepared and you go in that alleyway with a couple things on your mind, like I'm going to use my legs and ride to my spots, or I'm going to have soft hands and ride to my spot one and two, you know, or hit my arc in my spot one and two, whatever your most important things are, you know, and just pick two things and focus on that for your horse. Um, 
maybe you need to focus on better basics for them or work on any holes in their training. Maybe the loose rein one-handed riding, maybe loose, uh, uh, loose rein woe, maybe a perfect balanced circle at every speed, maybe being able to pick up their shoulders and the ribs and the hips and, you know, just getting them more solid with their face flexing left, right, and down. Um, you know, another thing is practicing with purpose with your horse. You know, know what your weaknesses are, know what your strengths are, um, know what your horse needs from you physically, mentally, and emotionally. So after a barrel race, give them a day off or two. And then maybe you have a day where you just do groundwork or go for a trail ride um, or a pasture ride, long trotting, just, you know, nothing mentally hard, just conditioning work. And then maybe, you know, for the go horse, you work on rate and collection and backing and rollbacks. For that um, anticipating push horse, you work on flex and fluidity and perfect uh, fluid circles. So those are all things that you can definitely uh, think about and consider as well. And then um, finally in competition, um, again, pay attention to your breathing. Think positive. Your thoughts need to be positive. What you, what you say, what you think, who's around you, just em- embrace the adversity because adversity is going to happen. You know, there, you know, things happen, a track, tra- uh, drag breaks or a stake gets pulled or someone runs out of order and they got to redrag or, you know, things just happen. So you just have to be like able to flow with adversity and embrace it. And when you get to the barrel race, you know, do your, your pre-routine. We talked about at the beginning of the year about setting those goals and knowing your, your schedule, how you're going to ride your horse during the week, how you're going to warm up at shows, your routines. Um, so when you get there, you know, see the pattern, know where the stakes are, the timers, visualize your run that you, you know, are going to make in that pin. And then when it comes time, you know, trust that training, you know, pray, pet your horse, smile, exhale, um, you know, thank God and uh, think about those one or two things and go out there and be focused and have fun. So those are the things I'd like to see for you guys. And um, and that's pretty much it for this week. So I'm going to close with um, these final words to remember to... Um, to work hard, pray hard, and just, you know, have heart. Heart is probably the number one thing. If you do those things, if you have heart and you pray and you work hard, your dreams will come true. Just be patient and be positive and remember just to follow your heart and be true to yourself. So thank you for tuning in for this podcast and don't forget to send me your videos, whether it's training or in competition. And please tell me about any goal that you're proud of, whether it's something you did at home with your horse, something you accomplished at the show. Um, All of those things are wins. And remember to journal, you guys. Journal what went right. Journal what you learned. Journal what you need to do differently. And um, as always, ride with heart and God bless you all.